In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Jesus concluded his encounter with the woman of Canaan in the gospel by saying, Woman, great is thy faith. And consequently, this woman of great faith can teach us some things about what great faith looks like. The tradition is that St. Matthew, from whom this gospel account comes, wrote his gospel for a Jewish audience. He's constantly presenting Jesus as the fulfillment of prophecy. And thus, when he refers to this woman as a woman of Canaan, he is calling an allusion to the Old Testament Canaanites, the people Israel conquered when they entered the Promised Land. Thus, this person of great faith is at least symbolically connected to people who worshipped idols and opposed God. The point being made by Jesus is that he is changing the requirements for being accepted by God. Background and ethnicity are now irrelevant. God accepts those who put their faith in Jesus Christ regardless of who they are or where they come from. In his epistles, St. Paul develops this idea of justification by faith, which is a central doctrine in the Western church, a central doctrine of debate, I should say, as well. As a well-known passage from Romans says, quote, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through the faith of Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short to the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus." Language from today's gospel is used in our own prayer of humble access, which we say right before we take communion. However, we see the woman's humility and raise it a notch. She said the dogs were worthy to eat of the crumbs under the table, but we say that we are not even worthy of these. Of course, the point is not merely to sound humble. The the liturgy is teaching us how our hearts must be formed to approach God in faith the way the woman of Canaan approached God and was accepted. As we come to the altar, have we chosen a nice outfit to wear? Have we been faithful to the church for decades? Do we come from a good family? Have we avoided the major sins? None of these things matter. Nothing we are, nothing we inherited, nothing we've done, and nothing we have given entitles us to anything from God. We can receive God's grace only through faith in Jesus Christ. The woman of Canaan exposes a common error about faith. Namely, 
that faith is rooted in the mind or the intellect. When some people talk about justification by faith, they give the impression that they believe we are justified by our right understanding of how we are saved. Thus, some people object to an early age for young people being confirmed and receiving communion because, quote, they are not yet old, yet old enough to understand. But we could turn that question around entirely and get closer to the heart of faith. We could say, you are old enough to understand, but do you still have childlike faith? For Jesus said, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. The woman of Canaan illustrates that to have faith means to trust God and depend upon God. And this trust includes the belief that God is able to do what we ask him to do in our prayers. God is almighty and Jesus is Lord. Because she trusted Jesus, because she came to him with humility, because she believed he was able to do what he asked her to do, Jesus heard her prayer and answered it. Faith as trust is illustrated by a story that I think was told by Billy Graham, so it's appropriate that it came to mind this week. May he rest in peace. A man was attempting to push a wheelbarrow across a tightrope strung between two very tall skyscrapers, sort of a high-wire act, and a spectator was asked, do you believe this man is able to do that? And he answered, yes, I think he can. Then the spectator was asked, will you ride in the wheelbarrow? For many people, faith is merely an intellectual conviction about God. They say amen to the creeds, or they memorize their church's doctrine about how one is saved. But they won't trust Jesus by doing what he says to do, by obeying his commandments. They won't get into the wheelbarrow, and therefore... Unfortunately, they do not experience the power of God in their lives. As Matthew 13, 38 says of Jesus' ministry in Nazareth, quote, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. The faith of the woman of Canaan did include some doctrine about Jesus. She said to him, O Lord, son of David, she believed he was the Messiah of Israel. However, her prayer was answered because she trusted him, not just because she knew who he was. When we recite the Nicene Creed, we give our assent to the identity of Jesus, that he is the eternally begotten Son of God. However, this assent does not save us. We are saved by actually trusting him. It is possible to know who Jesus is and not trust him. 
as St. James writes, quote, you believe that God is one, you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. There is another notable thing about the woman of Canaan that we often miss when we read the story. She created a scene. She screamed about her demonized daughter and her need for help right in front of this nice rabbi and his pious followers. The pious followers told her to be quiet and begged their leader to get rid of the nuisance. Do we ever do that to people who are coming to Jesus for help? Go away, we've got a nice religious thing going on here. There were no doubt other people in the crowd that day who had pressing needs, but were too ashamed to make them known. They did not trust Jesus enough to be open and honest with him, and they were too ashamed to say anything. And so their prayers were not answered that day. Often our prayers are not answered because we are not honest with God and others about what we are really struggling with in our hearts. We are too ashamed and afraid to be known. We think about the scene of the first man and woman after the first sin hiding from God in the bushes. Consequently, we walk along with the crowd that is following Jesus, but we do not experience his power because our faith is not touching the real stuff of our lives. One reason people are drawn to recovery groups is that they tolerate and encourage honesty. You can stand up and say, I'm Joe and I'm addicted to drink or drugs or sex. And there is freedom to say that because you are in a group with others who are also being honest. The church should be a community in which the members of the body of Christ are open and honest with each other. This does not mean that we tell everybody our deepest secrets the first time we talk. Trust takes time to develop. It does mean that we work over time at cultivating authentically intimate relationships in which we are known to others and others feel safe being known to us. Genuine communion with God and others is the source of all healing and is the answer to our deepest prayers. This is our central challenge in mission. The trappings of religion don't matter to people very much anymore, and that is a good thing. But people are still alienated from God and from authentically intimate relationships with others. I say authentically intimate relationships because our culture offers all manners of false intimacies. God wants his church to be a place of reconciliation, a place where people can make good and honest confessions about the real stuff of their lives. 
a place where people can experience grace and healing over time as they grow in communion with God and with the members of his body. And this begins with each of us. We cannot bear witness to the healing power of Christ for the sins and afflictions of the world unless we've experienced his healing power in our own sins and our own afflictions. So let us learn a Lenten lesson about faith from an unacceptable and unclean pagan woman with a demonized daughter. Let us come to Jesus without any sense of entitlement, relying entirely on his grace. Let us trust him and obey him and continue in our dependent prayer until Jesus gives us an answer. Let us move past our shame and fear and practice being open and honest with God and with each other. If we follow the woman of Canaan in this way, two things will, will happen. The trusted people we are honest with will not be shocked at our real stuff because it will look a lot like their real stuff. They'll say, welcome to the club. And Jesus will say to us, great is thy faith. Let it be to you as you desire. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.